The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. Every vision goes through five stages. Whatever vision you have, be it spiritual, be it physical, be it financial, every vision goes through five stages. And we're going to go through them quickly. The first stage is what I call the conception stage. The conception stage. The second stage is what I call the development stage. time for him to pass on the blessing 
Do you remember that? Whom was the blessing passed on to? Jacob. Isn't that right? It was not passed on to Esau because the Bible says that Isaac had a blood vision. He could not see. He could not see. So that's why vision is so important. Now, if Isaac could see, he would never would have transferred the blessing to Jacob. Can you see how important it is to have a vision? And that if you don't have a vision, you will perish. And if you are perishing, you can't blame anyone. It's because of you. Amen. Now, quickly, we want to look at the vision that God gave Paul. Because through our scriptures, God gave different people different visions. And we're going to uh, analyze a few in this teaching. So we want to look at the vision that God gave Paul in Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Paul had a spiritual vision. That's why he said in Acts chapter 26, verse 19, he said to Agrippa, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. The word heavenly there represents spiritual vision. Spiritual vision. The heavenly vision became the compelling force in Paul's life. He recognized that having a vision is not enough. Now, this is so critical because most of the time, people say, I have a vision. But having a vision is not enough. Having a vision is good. But having a vision, just saying I have a vision, is not enough. Remember uh, John chapter 4 verse 35, Jesus said to his disciple, Say ye not that there are yet four months. So we did talk about, don't always say, say ye not. Don't always talk about the vision. People who say, I have this vision, I will do this. In five years' time, I will do this. Five years come and they are still where they were. Ten years comes and they are still where they are. So having a vision on its own is not enough. Action must be taken to achieve that vision. Action must be taken to achieve that vision. When I talk about action, I'm talking about proportionate action. The required action. I always use this example. If I'm going to Manchester, if I'm going to Manchester from Crawley, if I put five pounds worth of petrol in my car, I will not get to Manchester. Are you following what I'm saying? If I want to get to Manchester, I have to make sure I put in minimum a full tank to get me to my destination. That is the action. So I have a vision of getting to Manchester, that is great, but now I have to take a corresponding action to my vision. I have to pay the price. The price is to put in a full tank. If I want to get to Manchester, I have to put in a full tank. So having a vision is not enough. But acting on the vision is more important. Write this down. A vision can remain visionary. A vision can remain visionary. 
This means it never becomes a reality because you never act on it. So you, you hear somebody say, I have a vision. And, 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 and they talk so much about their vision, but they didn't do anything about their vision. So that means their vision becomes visionary because they did not do anything about their vision. Listen, when God gives you a vision, he most of the times also provides spiritual and practical strategies to fulfilling that vision. For instance, when God gave Paul the spiritual vision in Acts chapter 26 verse 16 to 18 we'll look at it in a, in a minute God gave him specific things to do to fulfill this vision but this is rare let me emphasize this this is rare because in most cases people say well God has given me a vision now he needs to give me the specific strategies as to how to accomplish this vision. And because they are, have not received any specific strategy, they are waiting on God. And because of that, they wait forever. And in most cases, many Christians will use the Gideon experience. The Gideon experience is when for instance, God gives them a vision and they are not too sure whether it is the, the vision is coming from God. They want to use a fleece. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. They want to use a fleece. Now, in Gideon's instance, he had to use a fleece that was the only means he could know that this was God. So don't go and be like Gideon and say, okay, if it is God, take a cotton wool, put it down on the floor and say, God, if it is you, let it rain everywhere, but don't let the rain drop on the cotton wool. You will be there forever. Are you following what I'm saying? So in certain instances, God will give you the specific strategy how to go about the vision. Like Jesus gave his disciples a vision. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he said, wait for the Holy Spirit baptism. Verse 8, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, number one, in Jerusalem, Number two, in Judea. Number three, in Samaria. And number four, in outermost part of the... So you can see in these instances, there are clear-cut, laid-out strategy. How to accomplish the vision. Are you following this? This is so important. This year will never be the same for you. In the name of Jesus. So let's go and look at Acts chapter 26 from verse 18 to from verse 16 to 18. We're going to look at Paul's vision. The vision that God gave Paul. Acts chapter 26 from verse 16 to 18. 
Now you remember the story, the background of this scripture has to do with Paul going to persecute the church and he had the Damascus experience. Remember, when he had an encounter with the great light and he could hear a voice and, and so on and so forth. And he became blind and then Jesus sent him to be healed and, and so on and so forth. So let's read it. Now, this was the encounter. Listen, it says, but rise. This is Jesus giving him specific instruction. He said, but rise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Verse 17, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee. Look at verse 18 carefully. This is the vision. Specific instructions. It says number one. To open their eyes. And to turn them from darkness to light. Two. And from the power of Satan unto God. Three. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. Four. And an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So when you look at Paul's ministry, Paul's ministry is categorized in this verse. Anything you see Paul doing, traveling, uh, going through shipwreck, going through prisons, it's all encapsulated in this verse right here. So God gave Paul a spiritual vision for the purpose of making him, number one, a minister and a witness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, you will be my witness. Are you getting this? A minister and a witness. His ministry was to a special group of people. And this is so important. You have to know whom the vision is to. Because if you don't know who you are called to, you will become like a chameleon. You will not be authentic. You switch every time you see different people. Are you following what I'm saying? Because what you have to understand is you have to understand who you have been called to. You have not been called to everyone. Jesus was not called to save everyone. I mean, this, this, sounds, this sounds like it's God not all powerful. But listen, Jesus, when he came, he was not sent to everyone. He said it clear. He said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep. That's what he said. But the same Luke chapter 19 verse 10, it says, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Who is lost? Everyone. But the same Jesus said, I am sent not but to the only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What about the rest? 
this church is not called to everyone. Some people will come, some people will stay, some people will come, some people will leave. You have to get it. That if, you, if I don't know the vision of this church, if, those, if, if Judas comes and Judas leaves, I'll be crying over Judas. I am not sent to Judas. Judas is supposed to push me into my destiny. Are, are, you, are you getting this? You have, to, you have to get this. Some of you, some people leave you and then you cry. You cry and cry. Oh, nobody loves me. There is a time for the vision to be isolated. Have you noticed that milk is good until it's gone by date? Some friends in your life have gone by, they've gone past their, their, their used by date. If the date is gone and you drink that milk, you'll find yourself in the hospital being operated upon. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we have to understand who the vision is to. Don't say, ah, God has called me to everyone. That's a lie. Yeah, you dream of reaching everyone, but you know, we cannot reach everybody. Some people just for seeing your face, they'll hate you just because of the vision you have. Joseph, his own brothers, hated him because he had a simple vision. My vision is to be great. Even his father, when his father had his vision, his father said, what you mean I'm going to come and bow before you? His father was the greatest dreamer before Joseph showed up. Until Joseph showed up, nobody had ever seen angels ascending and descending before. It was only Jacob who saw that vision, who saw that dream. So Jacob was the greatest dreamer until Joseph showed up. Then Joseph said, I saw another dream. I have another vision. In this instance, all your vision was bowing to my vision. The Bible says that the father observed him from that day on. Are, are you getting me? Are you getting me? So know your vision and know who you have been sent to. Paul's ministry was to a special group of people and his calling was to the Gentiles. Jesus is very interesting. The calling of God is very interesting. Why would, why would Jesus send Paul to the Gentiles? And he sends Peter to the Jews. It doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be the other way around. Sometimes your vision is a very hard vision. It's a difficult one. I said, but this one has got easy. There's one man of God, um, Pastor A. Adeboy of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. The man doesn't shout. The man doesn't scream. 
The man doesn't preach any revelation. Oh, he says, somebody shout hallelujah. And you see millions gathering. <laughs> the man doesn't preach any special revelation. I'm telling you. If you take the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it says, he reads it, he reads it, he reads it, and then father, my father says, somebody is getting healed there. And it's happening. He doesn't shout. But you see some men of God, they have revelation. When you talk about revelation, when they read the Bible, you ask which part of the Bible are they reading? Yet when you go and see their church, they are struggling. Are you getting the concept? So sometimes your vision is a very difficult one. But somebody's vision is so easy. I pray that God will give you grace. So Paul was sent to the Gentiles. And as you are aware, the Gentiles refers to everyone who is not a Jew. So it really means that all other nations of the world. God, God gave Paul objectives. In other words, he gave him a plan to achieve the vision. Paul was to do four things to achieve his vision. Number one, to open their spiritual eyes from darkness to light. Paul was to open the eyes of the Gentiles from what? From darkness to light. Number two was to turn them from the power of Satan to the power of God. Number three, Paul was to lead them to forgiveness of sins. So if you check Paul's ministry, you see these key things in there. Number four, to reveal their spiritual inheritance made possible by faith. So in Paul's instance, Jesus gave him specific strategies. Do this, do that. But in your case, God might not give you that. But if God doesn't give you that, work with what he has given you. Are you following what I'm saying? Work with what you, he has given you. Now quickly, let's go and look at, today I want us to close early. Uh, there are five stages of every vision. Every vision goes through five stages. Whatever vision you have, be it spiritual, be it physical, be it financial, every vision goes through five stages. And we are going to go through them quickly. The first stage is what I call the conception stage. The conception stage. The second stage is what I call the development stage. The development stage. Number three stage is what I call the travailing stage. The travailing stage. Number four is the transition stage the transition stage, and then number five is the birthing stage. The birthing stage. Now let's quickly go and look at all of them. I think if I can't push all the five, I'll push all the five and we'll close. If not, I'll push three and then we'll close. Amen? So the first one is the conception stage. There are five stages of every vision. The first stage is the conception stage. The conception stage means the stage where the vision is created. 
a stage where a spiritual or a physical vision is birthed in your spirit by God. When God gave Paul the spiritual vision, he identified the source. In Acts chapter 26 verse 15, he said, I am Jesus. Remember, when he was having that Damascus encounter, he asked, who are you, Lord? Because every vision must have a, a, a source. This is very important. Every vision must have a source. The source of the vision would determine whether the vision will become a reality or not. So in Acts chapter 26 verse 15, the Bible says that, and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. Isn't it interesting that God sometimes gives us a vision in the midst of us still persecuting him? That's why when I see people who swear at God and, and all that, I laugh at them. Remember that scripture Bishop showed us in Revelations? It said, everyone will worship him. Whether you are born again or you are, you are unbeliever, whether you like it or not, there's a day coming where we'll all bow before him. Some of us, it will be willingly some of them it will be unwillingly. But whether you like it or not, you bow. God conceived Paul's vision within him. That's why you saw that everything about Paul was so compelling. If you know your book of Acts, Acts well, there was a time there was a prophet called Agabus. And Agabus came and Paul was there. And when Agabus came, Agabus took Paul's girdle and bound it and said, The persons whose girdle I have taken, the journey where he's going to, he's going to be bound. But the night before, the Holy Spirit has revealed to Paul that when you go, you'll be bound and be put into prison. But the guy still went. How many of you will go if the Holy Ghost had revealed to you that they are going to bound you and put you into prison? You won't go. These days, the prophecies we hear, God will bless you. God will shower you. God will the real prophets they were telling the reality of God's mind and, in, and listen, listen check through the New Testament every prophet who prophesies to anyone they come to confirm what God has already revealed to the person so when Agabus told Paul that you are going to be bound Paul happily went, still went to Jerusalem. And guess what? He was bound and he was put in prison. And as a result of that, he was able to write the epistles to us. 
Can you imagine if he was not in prison? There were some of his missionary journeys that he took that the Holy Ghost revealed to him and then he would tell his, his missionaries, those that he was going with, he said, an angel of the Lord stood by me tonight that this ship will be lost but there will be no loss of life. But the guy still went. That's compelling vision. These days when it snow, people don't come to church. When it rains, people don't come to church. You know, many of us don't know the cost of this gospel. We have no clue what the cost of this gospel is. We say we love Jesus. Most of the time, Jesus just looks at us and says, hmm, you do? You don't. You don't understand what you're saying. The Bible says that when, when Daniel and the rest refused to bow down to the dictates of Nebuchadnezzar, they said, oh king, we are not careful. Because of where we are coming from, we are not careful even to consider this matter. You just put us into the fire. If you put us, we will not bow. If you don't put us, we will not bow. This United Kingdom gospel we are doing will not take us anywhere. Many of us cannot even pray for 10 minutes a day. There's nothing compelling us. There's no compelling vision. If you really have a vision, if you really have a vision that is compelling, I'm telling you, no one can take you out of that vision. Even if it's not working, you stay in it. Because you know what the end has been revealed to you. Number two stage of every vision is the developmental stage. The developmental stage. When you first receive a spiritual vision, it is in an embryo form. An embryo is a basic cell of life, just like the development of a human embryo. God develops your spiritual vision as you grow in him. The basic cell of life in the human baby is the embryo. From it, all the basic human features are developed. If you try to change the embryo, deformity or death can occur to the child. This is so important. You see, most of the time, when God gives you the vision, you receive it, the development stage of the vision is so critical. You know, because sometimes certain things are not working. Remember, God gave Moses the pattern of the tabernacle how it should be built remember that and when God gave Moses the pattern of the tabernacle no one was there so Moses said I have to build according to the pattern which he has seen which now he has to communicate to the people and when he communicated it to the people, now he started handpicking who is supposed to do what? Specifics. 
Now, the developmental state of the vision is when sometimes things are not working as you have seen it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And that's the embryo. And if you're not careful, you tamper with the embryo. The moment you tamper with the embryo, you have killed the vision. That's why Jacob said to his brother Esau, the first time they came to meet after 20 years, Jacob said to Esau, you have come with 300 horsemen. I have babies in my camp. I have pregnant women in my camp. I cannot run at your pace. We are going to circle, but you go ahead. I will follow you at my own pace. This is where many people abort their vision. They give birth to their vision prematurely because they have seen Esau. Esau is running. Esau is with chariots. Esau is running at a speed. And you wonder, were we not both born together? Were we not given the same vision at the same time? Why is he running faster than I am? Remember, you have children in your camp. Remember, the vision is not about you. Esau doesn't have a future. Jacob, you have a future because there are babies in your camp. The babies represent the next generation. So you can't run as fast as Esau is running. Let him go ahead. The most important thing is you get to your destination without any doubt. So this is the developmental stage. It's where people tamper with the embryo. And the moment they do that, they kill the vision and they wonder what happened. I pray for you that God will give you grace to wait not to tamper with your embryo God conceives the basic spiritual vision within you the vision must remain the embryo from which all features develop if you try to change the vision it will be deformed from the perfect plan of God or it may be aborted when the vision is explained and is conceived and it's worked upon by God in your spirit, it must always remain the same, although you may fulfill it in different ways. The vision must never change. The methods might change, but the vision must never change. This church, by God's grace, is 10 years old there's one thing that has remained constant. The word. It will never be compromised upon. That is our vision. That you come to this church, you are fed and you become matured. There are men and women in this church today, if I pluck them from this church and plant them somewhere to start a church. They'll start a church and flourish at the same level that this ministry is flourishing. Because, you see, they have been developed with time. 
we are not doing we are not doing a quick baking process here it's thorough baking are you getting me thorough baking means it takes time the heat might be slow because what we want to cook we don't want to destroy it because the inside of what we want to cook is big so the fire will have to be slow to slow cook you Are you getting this? So by the time you step out there, when they see you, you are fully cooked. You are fully and properly cooked. Anyone who tastes you, when they taste a word from you, they say, ah, indeed, this is well seasoned. This is well salted. Because, you see, we have taken time to work on you. That's why the disciples of Jesus, none of them could denounce Jesus. John said, that which we have seen, that which we have handled, you can't can't take me out of this. I have seen it. I have handled it. This is what we are talking about is the word of life. He's true. He's real. For you, it might be a story, but for me, it's so real. I have seen him, I have handled him, I have tasted him, and that's what I preach. It's the word of life. Listen, the vision will grow and develop as you mature spiritually. Its features will not be able, will not be the same as yesterday, last week, or last month, but you must never forget the basic vision, which is the divine purpose for that which you are called. The development of the vision will be a stretching experience as it is in the natural world within the body of a mother. If the vision does not develop within you, it will die. Just as a mother carries a child within her body, when you receive this vision, it is with you constantly. It becomes a vital living part of you. It draws from your own life source as well as from the divine source from which it conceived it. While the baby is developing, a pregnant mother denies herself of certain things. As your spiritual vision develops, you may have to do this also. You may have to deny yourself of your own plans and ambitions. You may have to lay aside worldly treasures. You will have to sacrifice time to fast and to pray. Are you following what I'm saying? It's the same process. Because if the vision will have to grow, the vision, you know, have you seen a pregnant, a young lady who jumps wall? And then when that same young lady becomes pregnant, she doesn't jump wall any longer. When you are not pregnant, you can eat anything, McDonald's, KFC. But the moment you become pregnant, 
Have you noticed that even what you eat changes your taste buds? The same thing you ate yesterday and you enjoy it, you can't eat it today. So when you become pregnant with a spiritual vision, there are some words that cannot come out of your mouth. Yesterday, probably you were swearing at everyone, but today is a new day. When people see you like Paul, they knew you yesterday as a murderer, but today they can see you delivering the people, transferring people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. They look at you and they are scared based on your past, but when they look at you in reality, they know that God has really worked on you. Number three stage is the traveling stage. Are you getting something out of this? The traveling stage. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3. It says, for a dream coming through multitudes of visions or multitudes of business. The meaning of the word multitude is great business. According to the one Hebrew word meaning is travail or difficulty the word travail means difficulty so a dream or a vision comes through great travail great travail in natural birth there are facts about travail that is parallel to spiritual travail which births a spiritual vision Natural travail is a time of intense, concentrated effort to birth the child. This time of travail is called labor or labor. How many of you have seen a woman in travail who is asking for their makeup bag? Where's my makeup bag? Where's my lipstick? Oh, I don't want the red lipstick. I want the green lipstick. Have you seen that before? <laughs> That's why you see that people who are vision carrier most of the times are very intense. They are very intense. You know, sometimes I can be so intense, I have to look for, I have to just say, no, no, please, just relax a little bit. Because, you see, when you are at the stage of traveling, it's, 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 it's a matter of life and death. Because that's the time you have to push the vision out. It's not the time for playing. It's not the time for laughter. As in delivery of a child, a spiritual vision is birthed by intense mental physical and spiritual concentration a time of traveling is intense concentration you have to focus because you have carried this thing for nine months it's not your due day, your EDD your, expect, your expected delivery date is not a time of, of partying it's not a time of laughter it's a time of intensity. As you come to church this year, 
concentrate on what God wants to birth in your spirit. Every service you come to ask God, God, what do you want to birth in me? This, in this, you, you have to, you see, don't come to church and you are casual. You are, you have no expectation. You have no vision. You are going nowhere. In the natural world during labor or travail, the one giving birth must let the natural forces take control. Physically forcing the child into the birth canal before it opens can kill the child. How many of you know that? Most women know that. For you, the men, I don't know. You only know theory. The same is true in the spirit world. Let God take control of your life. If you try to birth the vision in your own strength, it will abort the plan of God. This is God's vision for you. Don't try to do it on your own. Everything within you may cry out to push and bring the spiritual vision forth with natural abilities. But by self-effort, you can destroy the vision. That's why Peter cried out in, in, in Luke chapter 5 verse 8. Peter said, depart from me, Jesus, for I'm a sinner. Remember after the great catch. Peter wanted to birth this in his natural form. He knew the vision was too great for him to fulfill it by his natural strength and abilities. Listen, as a mother in a travail hides herself from public gaze, so those in travail spiritually must be alone with God. Amen. Amen. The time of traveling, the time of labor is not for everybody, the whole world. Come and see, oh, come and see. Come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see what the no, it's not a time for come and see. It's a time for you with God alone. Alone. When 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 Jacob was traveling with the angel, wrestling with the angel, his hip joints going. The angel was screaming, let me go. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. That will be your story this year. It's not a time of come and see. It's a time of being alone with God. The Holy Spirit said to me that we will only become as him if we spend time with him. Who are you going to spend time with this year? Who are you going to spend time with this year? This year, one of your vision must be, I want to spend time with God alone. Hallelujah. I think I'll end it here. Next week we'll look at the transition stage and then we'll move to the last stage, which is the birthing stage. Hallelujah. Today I want to give you an opportunity to pray into your vision. 
Some of you, your vision has been dead, but this year they'll come alive. Some of you, you have shelved your vision, but they are coming back alive. God will give you the strength to go back and pick that vision up again. It doesn't matter how old you are. Abraham was 75. And he gave birth to his spiritual vision at 100. Isaac. It's not too late. I said it's not too late. Today the Holy Spirit will revitalize you. He'll rejuvenate you. Acts chapter 8 verse 11 will become a reality in your life. You see, something will quicken in your spirit. Like, like Elizabeth. When Elizabeth met with Mary, the Bible says that the baby in her womb began to leap for joy. Your vision will leap again. I said your vision will leap again. That vision will not die. It will leap again in the name of Jesus. The vision of this church will not die. The vision of this church reaching millions for Jesus will not die. It doesn't matter where we are now. Our vision will leap again in the mighty name of Jesus. Rise up on your feet and begin to talk to God. Talk to God. Just in the next five minutes, talk to God. Ask God to re-energize that vision again. To re-energize that vision again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. May this church be a church of great vision. Great vision. May great visions be birthed forth out of this church. May no vision die in this church. No vision die. No vision die. Every dead vision be resurrected now. In the name of Jesus. We come against every vision killer. Every vision killer is removed out of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. Pray like you want God to help you. Pray like you want God to help you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. To help your vision. To help your vision. To help your vision. To help your vision. You will go through the traveling state. Grace to travel. Grace to travel. Grace to spend time with God alone. Grace for God to help you give better that vision. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus yes it's not too late it's not too late heaven is opening up heaven is opening up for you heaven is opening up for you that vision will speak that vision will speak that vision will become a reality in the name of Jesus I command resources from the north from the south from the east from the west to come to your aid for the completion of that vision for the completion of that vision for the completion of that vision in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus in Jesus name one of the challenges that I've noticed with many Christians is that they give up on their vision so quickly the vision is not compelling they start they missed one or two obstacles and they give up I want to pray for you today that God will give you stamina. God will give you the tenacity to endure, to stay the course, no matter what. No matter the obstacles, no matter the mountains, no matter the challenges you face, that God will help you to stay the course. I have no doubt that there are men and women out of this church whose vision will change the world. Whose vision will change the world. Therefore I pray Father in the name of Jesus strengthen the hearts the hands the spirits of your children. Give them the grace to endure. Let them see the light of that great vision. Even when things around them are dark. I decree supernatural angelic help. Like Elijah. When they sit under the juniper tree and they are weak. That an angel will bring them food to eat for the next 40 days. And that food will take them the next 40 days. It will take them the next 40 weeks. It will take them the next 40 months. It will take them the next 40 years. I thank you. I give you praise. And I call it done. In Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you receive it today? Yeah. This, this vision series will change your life. I want you to do one thing. I didn't have the time to ask you to do this, but I felt this was an instruction I wanted to give you. Whatever vision you have that was dead, write it down. Go home and revisit it. By the end of next month, God will connect you to people who will help you bring that vision to pass. 
You see, what you need to understand about a vision is that we'll get to that next week. The birthing stage of the vision, you can't birth the vision alone. You need midwives. In the labor world, yes, you are carrying, it's time to give birth, but you need doctors and midwives. My prayer for you is that God will put the right midwives, the right doctors around you to help you give birth to that vision. God will not put any Midianite around you. Those who try to kill the babies of the children of Israel, God will put the right nurses, the right midwives around you. And that vision called Moses will be birth. And nothing will kill that vision in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So it's time to go back and resurrect that vision in Jesus' name. Some of you, I'll see your vision. I'll be going through the airport and I'll sit in some of your vision. Some of you, your vision, our your vision will be a place I'll I'll go through before pick some few things as part of your vision before I board my plane. I'm telling you, some of you, your vision, I'll drive through them. Some of you, your vision, I'll drive them. It shall become a reality. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. 